Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast, which is all about coming together and sharing our knowledge to live happier and healthier lives. I'm Liz Moody, and I'm a healthy cookbook author. I wrote Glow Pops, which was out not last April, but the April before, and then my new cookbook, which is also called Healthier Together, comes out next April. The cover just went up on Amazon, and it is so so pretty and I'm so excited about it. So go check it out and um, come tell me what you think on Instagram at Liz Moody. I'm really, really curious to see people's reactions. It's called Healthier Together. I'm also the food director at Mind Body Green, which is an amazing wellness website. We've got food and beauty and sex and yoga and all sorts of really fun stuff, supplement information, everything you need to know about wellness. We've got it. Um, and then I share my life on my Instagram at Liz Moody. I share what I'm eating every day. I share my really cute husband. I share my cat, all of that. So definitely come and hang out with me there. Today, I have a really awesome episode for you guys. I'm really, really excited about it. Today, we have Tegan Gerard of Half-Baked Harvest. Half-Baked Harvest is like basically one of the most famous blogs, food blogs on the internet. Tegan is amazing. I thought, so I talk about this in the episode a little bit, but I emailed her years ago because I had seen her blog, I'd seen her photos and I wanted her advice on being a food blogger. And I thought that she was like 45 years old and had been doing this for years, but she is now only 24, which is insane. It actually blows my mind, but she has millions of followers between her blog and her Twitter and her Instagram and all of that. And she also recently released her cookbook, which is the Half-Baked Harvest Cookbook. It's stunning. Her recipes are unbelievable. Her photos are unbelievable. We actually share a publishing house and an editor. So it was fun to have that connection. And I met her for the first time in real life, in person to do this interview. And she was so lovely and so interesting. We talk about a ton of things in this interview. She went to the Olympics recently with her little brother, Red Gerard, who was the first gold medalist of the United States, I believe, in the Olympics. Um, So that was pretty amazing. She talks about what it was like to be behind the scenes in South Korea and what it's like to have a famous snowboarder for a brother. Um, We also talk about her anxiety. She suffered from pretty intense anxiety for her entire life. I can definitely relate to that. If you know anything about me, you know that anxiety is a constant, constant struggle of mine. I'm talking about it on Instagram all the time, the different remedies I'm trying and what I'm using to go through all of that with. So Tegan shares where her anxiety started and what she does to deal with it and what she does when panic crops up now. Um, I really loved her tips and I took a lot of them to heart. She also talks about what it's like to develop her recipes, how she thinks of her crazy ideas. Like truly her recipes are so interesting and different. You can always tell a Tegan Gerard recipe when you see one. So I was very curious how she comes up with them. And we also talk about her kind of her personal life and how she became the person that she is, her crazy family, her parents sound amazing and have so much wisdom to share, which Tegan shares with me throughout the episode. So I love that. I think you guys are going to really, really like this one. So I will get right into it. I'm going to be giving away a few copies of Tegan's amazing beautiful cookbook, signed copies, that is, over on my Instagram page. So definitely come and say hi, at Liz Moody, if you want to get yourself a little copy of the Half-Baked Harvest Cookbook. You can find Tegan online 
at halfbakedharvest.com. And you can also find her on Instagram at halfbakedharvest. And um, definitely go check her out. Her photos are absolutely beautiful. And her writing is really fun and witty. And yeah, let's get into the show. Enjoy this episode of the Healthier Together podcast. Tegan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's fun to like get to talk to you in real life. You know, I actually sent you um, an email. You probably don't remember this at all. This was, I want to say like four years ago, and I just started food blogging, and I sent you an email, and I was like, you take the most beautiful pictures on the planet. Oh. Like, can you give me some advice? And you sent four me back years ago, like really? a long, yeah, oh it was a long time I took ago. horrible photos for you. They were so, I mean, you said you took, you're not happy with your photos now, which I'm sure nobody would agree with on the planet, but you sent me back the nicest note. And I just remember thinking that you were like 35 (laughs) and married with like a bunch of kids. And then when I found out how young you were, it like blew my mind. I was just like, how do you do all this stuff at this age? Yeah. I'm 24 now. Definitely not married. Still very single. Um, for anybody who's out there, yeah, right, guys, no, it's just work is busy and I love what I do. So little time, but, um, yeah, but you started cooking when you were like a tiny baby, right? Like 15, <laughs> I want to say. Yes. Basically a baby, right? Okay. <laughs> um, no. So I'm from a big family. I'm one of seven kids. Um, and I started cooking basically just to help my parents out with dinner because like we were eating at like nine 30, 10. I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. Like, I'm just going to start cooking dinner here. Did both of your parents have traditional jobs at that point? No. Well, so, I mean, I don't, I, my mom took care of, of her kids. Of like, and that kids. is like her soul. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's her soul job. She loves it. She's the best at it. Um, she did really good, obviously. And my dad had a full time job. Yeah. So he was like nine to five working as a bond broker. Um, and then he would go to the gym after work. So he wouldn't get home at like seven and then like, I don't know, he puts around. I don't know what he did, Um, but we we would just eat dinner late and like, I'm going to start cooking. So I think it was like a Rachel Ray recipe was like one of my first recipes, made it. My brother loved it. And I'm like, this is kind of fun. So I just kind of rolled with it. And eventually I was like cooking dinner every night, loved it, kind of did that through high school as almost like. And for like nine people every night. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, all of my siblings were living at home at that time. So um, I, I, I don't I'm my brothers probably didn't eat everything that I cooked because as I started to get more into cooking, like they hated vegetables and things like that. So they they probably didn't eat everything. But yeah, essentially for like I'm just that's I'm used to cooking for big people or not for big people, <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then when were you like, I'm going to pick up a camera and start documenting this? So that came way later. Like I had sort of started following food blogs a little bit um, in high school, just a little bit. Like they weren't really what like what they are right now. Which ones did you follow? You know, it wasn't Kath Eats. And I think hers was like more of like a health food blog. I don't know if it's if it's I don't know. I don't follow it's it anymore. Around, yeah. yeah. Um, and like. The most random sites, honestly. But I did a lot of Googling of recipes, essentially. And like I said, Rachel Ray and probably Jada and stuff like that. Um, and that was all through high school. And um, I'd always said that I'm, I've always been a very creative person. And, like, I spent my weekends rearranging my bedroom and, like, just constantly, like, redecorating things or um, 
shopping or whatever because I always said I want to be like a fashion stylist like I want to go to school I want to move to LA like style clothes do that whole scene um it was just always what I said I wanted to do so when I graduated high school I actually graduated with an associate's degree so I had two years of college done I hated school how did you do that so they have a lot of programs now where you can take college courses for high school credit or like vice versa kind of thing. So were you like going to a college? I was going to, I went to um, Colorado Mountain College. And so I took college classes that counted for my high school credits as well. Was that super awkward socially? Cause you're like a tiny baby and there's like a bunch of 18 year olds. And- <laughs> um, no, I just did. I, I just did it. Like, did you make friends with those yeah. older people? No, not really. Like, that's the thing. School, especially towards the end of high school, like, I was the total outcast a little bit. Um, In middle school, I was, like, had a ton of friends, like, did that whole thing. And then high school, I hated it. Hated high school. Didn't have a hard time making friends or anything like that. Just wasn't my scene. Didn't love it. Like, wasn't into the high school parties. Wasn't, like always just kind of into doing my own thing much more into like outside like like I said like styling clothes or right. um, decorating rooms or whatever it was um just not into that high school scene at all so I really hated school for that reason also really hated like teachers and being taught like by authority authority <laughs> like I had I had no problem of fouling the authority. I just didn't like it. Like, I, I like being in control. Like, I'm a total control freak. So did you, you always, like, whether it's fashion stylist or anything else, you yeah. always kind of felt like you're going to have your own business. Like, you weren't no, no, never. No, okay. I kind of always, like, I, and I think even if you asked any of my siblings or friends, they would never have imagined me to be someone to, like, have her own business and, like, be doing what I'm doing today. Um, so I think it's really crazy how, like, my story is a little bit more random. I really fell into what I'm doing. Um, but I have always been a really hard worker and, like, very determined. And, like, when I put my mind to something, like, it, it's probably going to happen kind of thing. So when, what year did you pick up a camera and start the blog? Um, I can't tell you the year, but I was, like, I was 19. So do the math okay. in your head there. So about like, five years ago. Yeah, it was, like, 20, I think, like. 13 is that right and were people reading it right away so I mean it definitely took a little bit of momentum I think I was lucky I mean lucky to a point like I kind of hate the word lucky because I sort of feel like people create their own luck but um I worked really hard at getting that content out there like I was constantly sharing it anywhere that I could and back back at that time there was like sites called food gawker actually they're still around um, I don't personally use them anymore, but really like working Twitter, working social media and putting that content out there. Pinterest was huge, is still huge for me. Um, so really, really working to get the content out there. And then like within six months, I really started to see traffic kind of building. Interesting. And then within a year, I was like, oh, maybe I could do this. Like, Was I, the six months discouraging at all? Like were there moments or were you like, it'll be any, t- any moment, any moment, no, any moment? it wasn't discouraging at all because I was in a position where I was – when I started, I wasn't like, this is going to be a career. Right. Like I, so I had actually, after high school, moved to LA, um, got a job in LA, was really set to go to school in LA. I'd gotten accepted to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, like was all signed up to go. But basically I was 18 going on 19 when I was moved out there and I moved out there for the summer and I got a job and I worked there for three months. And at the end of the three months, I was like, basically like, 
that's it. I can't do LA. Like, I wait. What didn't you like about LA? I well, I, I essentially I got homesick. Basically, like, just never had really been away from home at that point in my life. Were you homesick for your family though, or for like Colorado? Both. Both. Okay. Like, I'm much more like love a small town. Love being. How small is your town? I mean, it's not like that small. Like, we definitely have Whole Foods. Like, we have Target. But um, are we like talking like under fifty thousand? No, I have no idea what the number is to be completely. Okay, like, what's the we, town can called? Can we Google it? Yeah, yeah, we can Google it. What's it called? Um, so I'm in Silverthorne, Silverthorne. So it's right next to Breckenridge Vale. Um, it's is within, it up in the mountains? It's up in the mountains. It's beautiful. Uh, there's four ski resorts right around me. Oh my gosh. Um, anybody who likes to ski definitely knows the area. Um, but no, it's it, it's small town, but it's it's we. I mean it's not like rural like we've got stuff so you moved back to Colorado so after LA I moved back to Colorado and I was kind of like what do I do yeah like, what am I doing with my life and it was actually my mom who was like why don't you just start a food blog like you love to cook just like start a food blog like you don't have anything else to do basically <laughs> and I'm really thankful like my parents are very supportive in like an untraditional way of living your life like do what makes you happy which is interesting because neither of them seem to have untraditional yeah. backgrounds no and they came from very have you ever parents. asked them like where they got that from um I definitely think it's my mom is that driving force um I'm much more like my dad and my mom is very free-spirited um and has always we're they're both from cleveland ohio born and raised and you live there till i lived there till i was like um we moved when i was 14 but it was like on and off we were only renting in colorado so we had spent like that those two summers like my summer i was 14 and the summer i was 15 or somewhere around there um in cleveland so we, we were kind of back and forth at that point and we hadn't fully moved to Colorado. Right. Um, so it was weird. Like they were, I think that especially my mom, like her family was very much like, why are you in Colorado? Like, why are you like, and did they just love it? No, they hated it. No, Colorado. Like, oh, my mom, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. She says it was like a midlife crisis and she really just needed to get out of like Cleveland. Like she's always wanted to live in the mountains and, um, a lot of times I'll just, to make things easy, I'll be like, well, my brother's snowboard, so we moved to Colorado. Yes, I want to talk about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we, I don't know, yeah, we, we, we just moved in. But, yeah, they're from very traditional backgrounds. But my mom, I don't know where she gets it from. She's the oldest of five kids um and there's just, so many kids in your family yeah, you're, do you do like big family reunions ever and have like five thousand of you descend on guys no we haven't done that <laughs> we shouldn't do that i hope we don't do that um my family like my immediate family alone is craziness when we get together well especially once you do, do any of your siblings like have kids not yet my um my the brother just above me uh just got engaged and he's the first one of like my siblings to get engaged it's great too because you don't have to pick um bridesmaids or groomsmen because you like have it all stacked already just from your family <laughs> yeah we're just stacked up at, at, oh my god i haven't even thought about that so um, where do you fit i'm actually right in the middle and are you a middle child like i don't know i don't know like the personalities too like like i don't I don't keep up on that stuff, but people have told me, oh, you do seem like a middle child. Like so. a peacekeeper, somebody who's like eager to please, I think. I of. am eager to please. I do love pleasing people. And I think that's part of the reason why I love cooking is because 
I love being able to please people so easily by just making like a recipe that they love. It's so easy to do. Um, and that was one of the reasons I really fell in love with cooking was because like I would just see the immediate reactions from somebody like upon first bite, like, oh, that made them so happy. I was like, oh, that was so easy to do. So I love that. That's um, interesting. Yeah. How do you, okay, so about your, your recipes are insane. They're like, <laughs> they're like extra in the best way where it's like, the flavors are really out of the box and the textures are really out of, and they're just like you know it you can draw a recipe when you see it because it's like Thanks. bananas um how do you come up with them like yeah crazy so um actually the brother that i was just saying that just got engaged he is total free spirit um and travels all over the world with his now fiance um and they have been to thailand morocco like paris everywhere you can imagine so oddly a lot of my inspiration and also my younger two brothers travel a lot too my family gives me so much inspiration because we're just all over the place all of us and so they're constantly just sending me photos of dishes that they get at restaurants or like foods in farmers markets in thailand or i guess they're not farmers markets they're just like markets in Market thailand. Markets, yeah um so i'm constantly getting inspiration from them and it's really great because it's inspiration that i don't think anybody else is really getting interesting um, so it's really fun but i also pull a lot of inspiration from the seasons i really love to cook seasonally but in but, like a different way because i like for instance i like to use a caprese salad for example because Obviously, caprese is tomato, basil, and mozzarella. Like, a lot of people know that, but and it's delicious. Everybody loves it. But it's like, well, how can I twist that a little bit? Like, what can I do to make that a little more exciting? Like, let's throw, like, a pistachio, basil, vinaigrette with a little bit of spice on it. Like, let's make it a little more flavorful. Like, just something, one little element that isn't a big deal, but makes it that much better. Like, I just think it's fun because personally, like, I... I don't want to see, I don't want to put out a recipe that has been done a million times over right. before because it's like, well, I can just go to Food Network and grab that or right. wherever, you know? Um, and I'm like, I'm sure something that I put out has probably been done before because like, I just think that recipes are... It's like a Jungian vibe yeah, to that. Yeah, it's just like, but like, it's really putting your own twist on it. And whether that's, you know, like adding a fresh topping or, you know, stirring in a, a new herb or whatever, like just make it your own. And I'm just making them my own, adding the flavors that I like. Like you'll see a lot of fruits incorporated into my recipes, a lot of herbs incorporated into my recipes. Um just things to really bring out flavors and colors and freshness about them, especially like even in winter recipes too. Like they can be a little bland, but they don't need to be like bland. There's so many great things. I feel like you do a lot of like, um, like fire roasted vibes. Like I I always picture like a crackling fire and like a warm drink for you in the winter. Yeah. Oh, I'm very, so I'm very, very all about creating a scene with your recipes or like not a scene, more like an essential feel of it. Like Like, evoking a mood. Yeah. Yeah. A mood. Exactly. Like if it's fall, like I want my recipes to feel warming, inviting, cozy, and comforting. Like that's what you want in the fall. Like you, and you want to get that through your food. And especially like, I like to portray that not only through the ingredients in the recipe, but also through the photos. Cause I think that people eat with their eyes a hundred percent. And if you, if your dish doesn't look like so good, like I want to eat that, like, well, why would you make it? You know, why are like, that's going to make you. Well, mine don't recipe. cause I can't like the, I struggle with the photography so much. Like I feel yeah. like I can come up with a recipe mm-hmm. really well, but I can't, 
it's, it trans- it's, it's such it's a skill. so hard. How did you learn how to, was it just by doing? Well, so I think that, yes, it was just by doing, but I think that my, um, and I say background, I've never been formally trained in anything, um, which I think, I personally love that because I think that it gives, it allows my eye to do whatever it wants to do. It's not being right. hindered by a guideline that somebody taught me. Um, and I think that a lot of times people, and I mean, to each their own, everybody has their own point of view. So nothing's right or wrong. But I think that for me personally, like I was never taught a certain way of doing something. So there's no wrong way to do it. It's whatever is whatever I see fit basically. Um, and I think that that really is a great way to look at it just cause like food doesn't need to be done a certain way or made a certain way or whatever. Um, it can be how you see it and how you want it to be. So with the photos, I think I got a lot of that through, like I said, I've always been creative and liked to make things look really pretty, whether that was my bedroom or what I was wearing or a table. Like I grew up, my grandma was very into, um, entertaining and like doing really pretty tables so I would spend my weekends with her either we would either be shopping or we'd either be like putting a dinner table together so I got a lot of that from her and I think that that just kind of rolled over into my photos I always say like I used to have a ton of clothes and now I have zero clothes and all I have is dishes and props um and like the weirdest like most random fork or something that nobody would ever have but like I have so much of it (laughs) where do you find that all um so again my family's always on the lookout for me and whenever they're traveling they'll like either pick it up or send me photos and ship it back to me or bring it back to me um or I'll go around to vintage places junkyards like the most random random places ever um to find stuff because i really i like having things that nobody else has Mm -hmm. especially with instagram being the way that it is and you know people are constantly scrolling through things i don't like want to have the same pieces that every other food influencer or blogger has because i want my content to be different yeah i mean it's ballsy to like not emulate what else is going on on Instagram, but yeah. your stuff does have such a distinct personality. Well, yeah, I think I've never, even more so in the last year, like I have, I don't understand that. Like if you're emulating what other people are doing, like it's already been done. Why would somebody want to follow you because of that? Like somebody's already doing it and they're probably doing it better. Mm-hmm. So find your niche, do it really, really well and stick with it. Um, and I've kind of gotten to the point where I have really stopped following like food accounts and other food things, not because I don't like those people or anything like that, just because I don't want my content to be similar in any way. And I think that no, like if you're just scrolling and you know what you can, you can get stuff like you don't even realize you're doing it and you do it. So um, I've really gotten to the point where like I'm steer cleared on my path and like sticking to what inspires me and I look for outside sources of inspiration um, that isn't even in the food world like I draw a lot of stuff from like the fashion world and the lifestyle world and um, I use colors as a as like a base like sometimes I'll see like a flower and I'll be like oh my god I want to create a recipe that I could use that flower in the photo um, just the most random things because I, I really play on color. I really play on texture and those kind of artsy elements of it all. How do you know what tastes good together? <laughs> I don't know. I swear to God, things just sound good in 
my head. I don't know. Do you? How much do you try stuff and you're like, this is actually disgusting. I can never make somebody eat this. I haven't had too many of those. I've definitely made bad recipes for sure. Um, but... Like, how much of what you develop goes up on the blog or ends up in a cookbook? Yeah, a lot of it. Um, a lot of it does end up on the blog. Some of it definitely doesn't. Like, But a lot of times the recipes that I'll be making, that I'll just be making, like, just to eat dinner or whatever, um, sometimes those can be some of my favorites, and I'll put those on the blog, even though I didn't think they should. Like, I wasn't thinking I was going to put it on the blog because a lot of times um, – I'll just be my best recipes, I swear, are created just when I'm cooking and in the element of like in my kitchen and grabbing the ingredients that I have on hand and like, oh, that might be good or, oh, I have this, let's use it up. And it ends up really good. Those are my favorite recipes because there's no, I'm not, I'm not overthinking it. Like, right. I have and they're probably like more accessible and easy yeah. to do. On and it's like a lot of times I'm like, have I already done this? Like, how am I like, and sometimes when you're just in the kitchen cooking, like, you can't really create the same recipe twice because you have different ingredients on hand and it ends up being really good. So Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your family. Mm-hmm. You recently went to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. This, like, blew my mind. Okay, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I haven't met you before in real life yeah. other than today, but I, I've known you and we have the same editor. Yeah. And when I saw Red on TV, <laughs> I like saw his last name, and he looks like you because you oh, guys all he? you guys all like have he like looks a, a lot like my mom. Like if you if you saw pictures of like my dad, my mom, and then like all the siblings, I look more like my dad, and Red looks like my mom. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you guys had like, and I was I saw the last name, and then I looked it up online, and then it like it made me feel this personal connection to his yeah. win because I was that's like, great. People have said that to me, and I love it. It's like the closest I've been to um, a gold medalist. Yeah. So your brother Red Gerard won the first gold medal of the Olympics. Yeah, which is insane. And yeah. he also was like one of the youngest people ever. I want to say. Yeah, how old he's, is he? He's seventeen. I don't know. I don't think he's the youngest. He's he's down he's there. Very young for yeah. sure. Um, Chloe Kim, who also did snowboarding, who's also height. badass. She's amazing. Um, she's seventeen and she won gold as well in half pipe. So, but so he, his was the first medal of the Olympics. of the entire Olympics, which yes. is like amazing. Yeah. Um, did and your whole family went out there? We all went to South Korea. What um, was that experience like? I mean, incredible. I don't think that anybody could really ask for a better experience. We we weren't. I mean, we all hoped that he would at least podium, but I don't know that anybody really realized he was going to win gold. So it was very exciting. So obviously. was that? Did you go a few days before? Did yeah, yeah, yeah. Back? We so. We actually all flew in. So Red had been there because they have to be there like two weeks in advance, basically. Okay. Um, so he was there. But uh, we all flew in the the day of opening ceremonies. So I don't know whatever day that was like. It was like the day before his event because he was snowboarding slope style was men's was one of the first events. And that's a new event, isn't it? They've Like Sean White has, has won gold in it. I want to say not four years ago, but the four years before that. Okay. Maybe that was like, the, I don't know. Like okay. I'm not up on all the terms yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, but yes, it's newer. The newest event for snowboarding is snowboarding, men's snowboarding and women's snowboarding, big air. And that's where you just go off one jump and it's like you do your biggest trick. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw Chloe Kim do that. I oh, she might have. I don't know if she did. 
I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. I'm so impressed by all of this stuff. I'm like, just, I, it, it's really it scary. Freaks me out. Really yeah. Um, yeah, they do some really crazy stuff. So, but he, so his, his event, his main event though is slope style, which is basically where you, they have like a rail section and they have a jump section and they do it all. And they, they do these flips and turns and I don't know the technical terms being his sister I really should but like multiple spins in the air we're talking like many many feet up yeah um it's crazy yeah. so uh yeah he's he's pretty good and how was he like a baby were, were you guys all like on the slopes all the time when you were growing so up so I so growing up I was the only girl so I was five brothers and yeah I was so and I loved it like everybody asked like did you hate having so many brothers I'm like no I loved it like I, why I was, did you love I it? was the biggest tomboy um and I have a very tough skin they have bred me to like you know be able to handle anything I swear um, which is great. So I loved it. And I feel like it would make dating impossible. <laughs> like, come they're, meet my five brothers. They're very, they are protective, I have to say, especially my oldest brother. Um, but it's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> it's not that bad at all. My, my oldest brother's the worst, for sure. But um, they, they're great. And they're, we all, like, they're my best friends, especially my Red. So Malachi, who's just below me, um, and then Red, we're like, we're Red's. I'm red 17, so we're, we're, we're kind of, we have some distance, but we're still all pretty close. All of the siblings are really, really close. It's just great. It's fun. They're amazing. And I so were you guys them. all snowboarders? Okay, yeah. So I'm sorry. So yeah, my older two brothers, or my older, my the brother, it doesn't matter. One of the brothers started snowboarding, and then the other brother started snowboarding, and then um, everybody kind of just taught Red how to snowboard, and Red really... Redmond, who's 17, he's the Olympic gold medalist. Um, he and then the brother, Brendan, who's just above me, they're both really, really good at snowboarding. And Brendan kind of went more the editorial route where he was doing magazine photo shoots and things like that. And Red... So like being in them? Being in them. So, like, there's, like, Snowboarder Mag and, like, Transworld Snowboarding. Like, he did stuff for that. And Red, Red does that too, but Red went much more the competitive route and did the competition side. Um, so like X Games and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, he's been snowboarding. Uh, he could like snowboard before he could walk. Um, I think since he was like four, maybe. Wow. And that kid j just doesn't know how to sit still. Um, you can tell that in interviews when you watch him. Yeah, like, me too. I'm like, I'm like fidgety. I'm like, <laughs> all, all of us Gerards just can't really like we're just very active people. Um, and But Red's the worst. Like, he literally just cannot sit still. He actually has ADHD. So he has, like, a full, like... Like, he has a technical definition. He has a technical of definition it, yeah. of it. But, like, it's worked for him and his advantage for this well, he purpose. He has a gold medal now. Yeah, so he's great. So he's really active. Um, and he's just been snowboarding since he was a kid. And then when we moved out to Colorado, he really started to get into it. And basically just progressing beyond, you know everybody else and really moving forward with it um and so do you just like start winning competitions and then eventually people are like maybe you could be an olympian or basically okay yeah you, you don't get like to, scouted you have to have a certain amount of points to make it there's there they do this this system called like the it's like a point system and you have to 
win so many competitions and have so many points to even qualify yourself for the Olympics. Okay. Um, so there's four, there's only four snowboarders that get to make that get to go from the U.S. team. Um, and he qualified. Actually, he was the number one qualifier. I want to say. Did he like? Were you guys there for that, or did he, he like call you? Guys and don't he was like, on this. <laughs> um, he qualified pretty high up, though. I want to say. Um, it was so nerve wracking because really you can only qualify uh, that season before the Olympics. So I mean, you're building up points. I want to say for like the the two years prior to the Olympics, but really the time crunch is is that that winter season before the Olympics. Um, and there's like three qualifying competitions, three or four that you have to do good at um. in order to get your spot on the team. So yeah, it was really nerve wracking. Does he get nervous? I always wonder this because like you, for all of these athletes, with something like the Olympics, yeah. you train for years and years and years and years, and then you have like a minute to have it all be worth it or yeah. not. And I'm just like, what do you feel like before that minute? <laughs> So I think snowboarding is a little bit different. Snowboarding is very, it's definitely the most, one of the more lax, I feel like, in Olympic sports, just because all the snowboard guys are very chill and very just like, we're in it to have fun and we love to snowboarding because we have fun. We're, we're having fun. And yeah, really think that? Yeah, well, I mean, though, the competition side of it is is a little bit more intense. Um Red is the type of kid where I think he, I don't think he'd ever say I don't know like no we, we're like all in the we all ask ourselves that same question like is he nervous or like what's his deal like we're not really sure but he doesn't seem to be no so he doesn't he seem so chill he's a very chill kid like very very chill um and I think that's what's honestly progressed him so far is because he's never looked at competitions like oh if I win great like if I don't I don't care like he doesn't care so, and I really think that's true. He doesn't care. And I think that that letting go of that stressful side of things really progressed him to a point where he was able to get to the Olympics because uh, he didn't let that side of it get to his head. And a lot of it is head games. Like a lot of it is the head games you play with yourself. Um, and he was able to not think that way and really be in it because he has so much fun doing the sport. So for a snowboarder, do you, you always hear about athletes and they have to have this like very rigid schedule and like they have to be so strict about everything and yeah. and do snowboarders not have to do that stuff as much? They can no. like live their lives. Snowboarders live their lives. Okay, and, that's And they cool. live them well, everybody. <laughs> Sean, Sean White seems like Sean's he's like a little different. made a name for living his Yeah, life Sean's a little different. I think he's, I actually read and all my brothers know him personally i personally never met him um but i from what i've heard he's a little different he's a little bit more of that traditional athlete where he's kind oh i of, thought he was like a party kid i was using his uh, example of like a i think i feel like he's like gotten in trouble for being a party kid maybe i don't, I know, don't know particularly you know i don't know but um he's definitely he i think he works at it yeah more than maybe the rest of the guys and I know a lot of the the, the whole U.S. snowboard team is eaten my recipes been at my house begged me for food they're all great all really are you like guys. the uh in unofficial they, they know where to go for food <laughs> they know where to go for food um and they're great actually uh one of the Red's best friends Kyle Mack was on the team with him and like I mean like a second brother so like a brother that's not related brother kind of thing so yeah. it's really cool like you kind of go through the experience and everybody in that world is friends like it's not a competitive I mean there's a competitive thing but like but people are genuinely happy they're when all there are. for each other yeah. like um 
so you'll hear if you Google like Red's win and everything, you'll hear these stories like he overslept the morning of and like he couldn't find his US team jacket and like that was actually he couldn't find his US team jacket. So like he had to take like Kyle's like, well here take take my jacket because you have to wear the US team jacket and course red loses i mean that would be something red would do he did lose the jacket um but kyle to my point like kyle gave him his jacket um so yeah they're all really good friends and it's just like a it's a little bit different i feel like than the rest of the sports um they really are all good friends like i've never seen anything like it like those kids are so happy that like even though they didn't make the team they're so happy that their Mm. good friend made the team so it's really cool to see is he more annoying now that he's won an Olympic gold medal? <laughs> no, he's he's a, he's. I gotta say, like, um, he he didn't realize going into the Olympics because he's seventeen, I think, and like he didn't really grow up like watching the Olympics. Like right. he didn't realize what a big deal it was. And when he won, he was like. Oh my God. Like, this is a well, big Well, I'm like, the Today Show is calling him up. Oh my, and and he know. did like Jimmy Kimmel, and he was like, Oh my God, this is a lot. So it didn't, he didn't, like, was there a moment, do you know, when he like got it? Where, was oh, it like, yeah. when you go on Jimmy Kimmel, they when were like, he, Oh shit. This he is a big got deal. it the first day after like doing 16 hours of press straight, straight on. Like, he, we saw him after his run. We didn't see him again after that until so he did this really bizarre like you apparently you don't leave the olympics in the middle of the olympics like if you're an athlete you are at the olympics from opening ceremonies until ending you know to closing ceremonies okay he left to go do press in la and new york so he after his win he who did, decided that for him if that's a weird thing yeah. to do was he like his, i'm gonna go do so it his i guess his agent he hasn't he has a like a uh snowboard talent agent type I guess person. they call him like a um not a sports agent um so he's like a sports agent and I I guess he decided it um and he kind of he had been in Korea for two weeks and he's like needed to get out of Korea <laughs> a little yeah. bit yeah. um he's like I need American he's very <laughs> much that he loved like not just he loved it he just was like oh yeah I'll definitely go back to America yeah um, and so he did like 16 hours straight of press in Korea right after the event. We didn't see him. And then he flew, um, he flew South Korea directly to LA, did press in LA for a day, like did Jimmy Kimmel, did like a bunch of other things. Then LA to New York, did a bunch of things in New York, did like the morning shows, did his rounds, then back on a plane right to Korea. And people don't normally, they never did. Did he get like in trouble for that? No, I don't think it's like a, I mean, it was Or is it just like crazy because it's like a lot of work to. Yeah, I don't don't know. He's young. He's, the jet lag was like, he's 17. It didn't matter. Yeah, I I remember when that was the case for me. Yeah. And yeah, right. Um, And he, (laughs) so he went with my younger brother, Malachi, who has kind of been like by his side the entire, this entire time, which is really cool. Cause like, I don't think that Red doing it alone would have been nearly as like good of an experience. And it was just, I think it was really nice for them to be together. Um, and to just have like a family member for sure. So especially your family seems like they're so way too close. (laughs) (laughs) We we just, yeah, it's, it's odd. I feel like when you have so many siblings, like a lot of times you can hear like, oh, they don't get along or like, we don't talk to so-and-so, but like we all talk to each other. That's amazing. It is. And I feel really grateful because I do hear a lot of those stories. So what's a, do you have any like fun, one fun behind the scenes story of being at the Olympics? 
Um, one fun. I mean, my there's my family is crazy. Anybody who looks into the background of my family, crazy we're, how we're just all, we're just a wild bunch. Like we, they know how to have a fun time. Um, is that a euphemism for like drinking? Yeah, they're they're pretty good at that for sure. <laughs> um, they definitely know how to do that. No, but um, we just I I mean we're just a normal family to be completely honest. Like. We like to hang out together, do do whatever. It's not normal. I, like, you're like, we're just a normal family. We love hanging out with each other. We have a super famous food blogger, cookbook author, and an Olympic athlete. I, I feel like we're not, like, annoying. Like, I feel like, I don't know if that's, like, a... We're definitely annoying, actually. We're just loud. No, I don't know. Behind the scenes, I mean, that's the thing. We're also very open. So, like, everybody knows everything about us, I feel like. <laughs> like, and between Red and I, like, and, and social media, like... Mm-hmm. Like an open book, which probably isn't good. <laughs> Are your parents like what happened? Like, how did we raise? I mean, I'm sure all of your siblings are doing really, but like to have two public figures sort you of guys were really not that cool. Like, it's where we sound so much cooler than we are. We're not. Um, no, they're like, I mean, I think that like my dad was just so like beyond proud of red and he's so proud of me too like yeah. there's nothing like but like olympics is just like oh my god that's a worldwide web it's know? also cool to be representing your country like i yes. feel like there has to yeah, be yeah, some yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, emotional yeah. element it, to it was that. i think i mean for my mom too but like my dad like i've never seen him so excitedly happy and just like Oh my god! Like my kid's an Olympian. Like I don't think a lot of people like, and a, a gold people, medal. Yeah, Olympian. No. a lot like, of people do not get to say that. So a lot of ninety nine point nine 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 percent. I mean, I think it, I think it was a pretty surreal like moment for the two of them, and it still is. So and every and like the whole after the Olympics and all the press and the media, like it was just so crazy. Has he so, met any crazy people? Red? Yeah, it's like Well, results. he he did meet the president. He met Trump, which was very controversial, I will say. But so he met, he did go meet him. Um, and yeah, he's met Jimmy Kimmel. He's met, um, I mean, a lot of like celebrities and things like that, if you think those people are cool. But um, I don't know. Yeah, he's done a lot of crazy things. I don't so was he still living in your little town in Colorado? No. So he um, and Malachi and actually one of my my the another brother, an older brother, um, they're living in California all together uh, out in Carlsbad. They're oh, fun. living the SoCal life, um, surfing for the summer. Oh my god! Although Red's going to New Zealand to snowboard and then to Mount Hood to snowboard, so he's never he's traveling constantly. Like wherever the snow is, Red's gonna go. So. He's just constantly on the go. He's yeah, in so the Bahamas right now, though. That's that's nice. We, you did, like, a whole family trip, Yeah, we, right? were, we were all just in the Bahamas. So do you so. travel much yourself? You said your siblings are kind of always all I'm over. I'm, like, New York and L.A. Like, I'm, like, always in either New York or L.A. I think I'm going to um, Paris, maybe, in the fall. That's um, fun. Which would be really exciting. But I've been to Mexico. I've been to South Korea now. Um, but not too many places out of the country. So I hope to do a little bit more of that for sure. Do you get like, does it feel sort of lonely and isolating that you're in this like small town and then a lot of your work is kind of by yourself or with one or two family members? Um, no, not really because especially with social media, I feel like you feel like you're constantly letting people into your life that way. And do you feel like it's in a... Because I feel like, you know, I know people that I follow and talk to on social media, but... 
sometimes it only like scratches the yeah, it scratches little, the surface but yeah, yeah and like you're just kind of like it almost makes me want the deeper level connection uh-huh. like more yeah for sure like i i get that as well but um no i'm the type of person like i love being by myself like I are actually, you an introvert yeah for sure like i have like an on and off switch i swear and um I can be both and I love both like it's like both two personalities and I like them both so it's not hard for me to be alone but I also love being able to travel and go be with people and do things and then also um, I'm excited because I am building a a studio space in Colorado so I'm hoping to bring people to me and do some workshops and do um, some more interactive things in that space that I won't be alone. And also building out my team is a big goal for me and really kind of trying to expand Half Day Tarvis as a brand and kind of having some more non-family members uh, integrated into the brand. But will the family, like, will your mom always be part of it? She'll always be a part of it, yeah, for sure. I mean, assuming she wants to be, but she's she's pretty good at what the things that she does. She handles a lot of the brand. Not the brand, um, a lot of the advertising and things you see on the back end of the blog. Um, And do you actually, like... Pay her a salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, like we, a like, real. We we do it. It's it's we're we're really two, we're partners in it. Like she is fifty percent. So I oh, mean, that's cool. So she's yeah. like your business. She's a partner. business partner. So I don't technically like she's not like I'm not like paying my mom. Yeah. Um. I mean, essentially, we're both earning the money. So, um, my brother, on the other hand, is on the salary. So and you pay him a salary. Yeah, he's on the salary as well. And and then, do you think he'd like? ask you for a raise if you felt like you know he did we were, oh. on va- <laughs> we were on vacation and we had instagram vote if he deserved a raise and unfortunately they all voted yes oh no um, yeah no he's um he's he's really great though he works really hard at for the most part i have to beg him for videos sometimes um but no he's he's really great he makes really great videos we're just right now um he's just doing mostly like you know the very hands videos where it's a very recipe like show show everybody how to make the recipe and those are great for instagram um post and people really like to see them uh but i really hope to get into more of the on-camera videos that's kind of my goal for the rest of this year you're listening to the healthier together podcast all right let's take a brief break so i can introduce you to one of my favorite products on the planet if you know anything about me you know that i can't do caffeine It stokes my anxiety and it makes me feel really crazy. And I was always so jealous of anyone who could reach for their morning cup of joe and feel wide awake and also look really cool with their like mug and all of that. That was never me. But now I have my mushrooms. And by that, I'm talking about Four Sigmatic. They're basically medicinal mushrooms, not psychedelic, although my dad was very concerned by that when I told him that I was obsessed. And they come in these super convenient little packages that I stash in my backpack so I have them wherever I go. In fact, most of the time when I'm at a coffee shop or at a cafe, I'll just order hot water and then I'll mix in one of my Four Sigmatic packs so I can save some money and I don't have to worry about them not having a tea that I like, which happens quite often because as you can imagine, I have quite strict standards for what I consume. So there are a bunch of different kinds of the mushrooms and each one has different benefits. So I take a cordyceps in the morning to feel awake and then I take lion's mane when I'm feeling that 3 p.m. slump and it really helps me kind of focus and not want to 
I don't know, go read a million blogs instead of doing my actual work. And then I take reishi when I'm feeling stressed out or anxious, which for me, again, if you know anything about me, is quite often. I've turned into a bit of a mushroom evangelist at work and with my friends. People used to come to me for a tea to heal every ailment. I'd open up my tea drawer and I'd be like, oh, here's your your blend for this stomachache or if you're feeling anxious or tired. But now I am a mushroom evangelist and people come to me to find out which shroom they should use for whatever's wrong with them. People also ask me about the taste a lot, and I actually don't like culinary mushrooms very much. It's a weird thing about me. If you read my cookbooks, you'll notice that there aren't a lot of mushroom recipes in there because I just don't love them. They turn my stomach a little bit. But I find the Four Sigmatic mushrooms to be really earthy and grounding. And I like the new formula. A lot of their new formula ones don't have any stevia or sweetener, and it's kind of an herby... And it's it's a really subtle flavor. Okay, it's grounding. Grounding is like the main word I would go for. It just it it instantly sort of makes you feel calmer and and more present and whole. I think um, I'd I think of like an herb tea or a chai, but less spicy than a chai. So just sort of that herby, rooty, grounding vibe. They also have a ton of flavored stuff if you prefer that. I'm loving their chai lattes recently. They're so, so good. They're also caffeine-free, which is hard to find in a chai. Um, They're amazing. And then they also have a golden milk latte, which is new and I am 100% obsessed with. That's one of my favorite morning drinks. I took a bunch of them when I went back to California recently and I used them all up on day three and I was very sad about it. So If you want to try them yourself, and I highly recommend that you do, clearly it's become one of my absolute staples. You should see my desk. It's piled with Four Sigmatic boxes. Go to foursigmatic.com slash healthier together. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash healthier together, H-E-L-T-H-I-E-R-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R. You can also get 15% off using Healthier Together as a code, although you barely need it. They're not one of those like wellness products that costs a zillion dollars for a teaspoon and you don't even know if it's working. They're really, really affordable and the kind of thing that you can actually incorporate into your day-to-day life. So I love that. Um, And message me on Instagram if you have any questions about them. I love talking about mushrooms and I've done a ton of research on them. And I'm really a believer, which I don't say about very many things. The evidence keeps stacking up for their short and long-term benefits. So I definitely recommend you get in on that. Again, use the code healthier together and um, enjoy. Come and tell me if you like them for sure, because I'm 100% obsessed. and I want, I want to talk about it with people. So come and tell me. And all right, without further ado, let's get back to the conversation. Do you get nervous on camera? You, I like I should, but I don't. Like I love it. Um, I kind of love it, which is really weird. Do you feel very like I feel like when I I'll be a hundred percent confident with like my voice and how I look, and then I'll see myself on camera, which I do love it. But then I'll be like, who is that person? I don't like to watch myself. <laughs> I will like if I can avoid it, I will avoid it at all costs. Okay. Because like. I'm like, okay, I feel great about how that went. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to watch it. And just never go back. That's smart. put it out of my head. Because then 
it will play with me like and my insecurities for sure um because i do have i'm a normal person i have a ton of insecurities and then i'll just think about those and then i'll like never do it again can you share any of the things that you're insecure about sure i mean yeah i am so i am like i even just like look wise beauty wise like i'm not big into like wearing a ton of makeup or anything like that i'm all about that natural look but at the same time like when you are on camera like i'll feel very unconscious like oh or self-conscious like I should probably be wearing some more makeup or something like that um i am still very insecure about my photos like they'll never be the way that i want them to be but i think that's okay because it's always striving me to be better and to constantly be progressing and never standing still, which I think is really important in this industry because it's growing so fast and everybody's doing something different and like everybody's just progressing forward at this like insane speed. So it's kind of always keeping me on my toes anyways, which is kind of good. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I get stuck in that comparison train of like doing that off, which is I've literally started like not because I don't like those people that I'm following on Instagram, but because they're making me insecure. Like I have literally started to unfollow people just because I'm like, this is a bad thing for me. Like I can't sit here and focus on this. Like they're different than me. It doesn't mean that they're better than me. They're just different than me. So do you think literally removing it? Cause I do that too. I've done that with you where I've been like, yeah, my photos will literally and like, never I take look no like offense this. To that because so. it's just like, I'm just like, why do I even try? Do you think the best thing is just to re remove it from your... I think if you're really struggling with it and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, which I, I do, I still do it to this day. Like, it's definitely a problem. Um, I think if you're constantly comparing yourself to, to, like, a certain person or whoever, yeah, I think it's so much easier. Like, I'm kind of like a cold turkey person. Like, just cut it out and get rid of it and be done with it. Um, and that just works for me. Um, so I'm like a big advocate of that, like just cut it out, get rid of it, um, and focus on like just making you doing what you do and making that better. So I don't know. It's it's easier said than done. Yeah. I will say that. Like people will sit there and preach that. I'll be like, yeah, right. Do you really do that though? And um, and so I'm really just trying to like actually do it myself. Do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you limit your social media time, or so how do you like find what that balance? I, what I'm trying to do is um, I'm trying to just not even really scroll too much anymore. Um, and uh, I'm super interactive on my on my especially my Instagram account, and that's like me doing it because Instagram I feel like it's just so personal and. Yeah. Having someone else do it is really, really hard. Um, so it's Instagram is really, it's me doing it. So I'm very interactive with my DMs and my comments on all of my content. But other content, I I definitely like limit it. Like if there's something I see and it pops up and I love it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to comment on it and be like, that's, I love it. Like I want to show that person, like be genuinely excited for that person. I think it's really nice. And I think in the end, it like makes you just feel better. And it's good. Like, I loved that content. Like, why not let that person know? So share it. Um, and I think that's, like, just a good thing to do. And, like, if you really try to genuinely be happy for people, like, that jealousy or whatever it is will kind of slowly fade away anyways. Mm. Um, that's at least what I found. That's what my mom's always told me. Like, just be happy for whatever that person is doing and don't feel jealous about them. I feel like your parents are like, they sound like such amazing. They are. What like other sort of life wisdom has they have they shared? They won't say that to you because they're like, I'm not amazing, but they definitely, both of them have their own strengths and like have taught me so many different things. But the thing about my parents is like, 
they've never like they've done amazing things obviously but like they've never like they're not like oh my god they've done this this and that or what they've just like lived their lives the best that they could and learned from life experiences and I think what they passed on to like my brothers and I and my little sister um is to just like be kind people like don't like just treat and this everybody's heard this but like really just treat others the way that you would want to be treated and I think like even when you hear red talk like people ask people ask them that question all the time like about my parents and everything and like it's really true like they've really just told us to kind of like taught us to be kind and treat others the way that you would want to be treated because um there's just like no point in being like a, a rude person and my mom especially like she goes above and beyond to like help someone out or do like just the littlest things that could like really help somebody in their day like she'll do that or like just giving back to like the community and like especially you know she'll do like around the holidays like you know provide gifts for families and things like that she's just always been big on that I have no idea why I don't know what like it really wasn't her upbringing to be honest with you like she doesn't come from that kind of a family but like that's just who she is as a person I have no idea why um, but she carried that on into her kids. And I think that like, I love that I have that like trait and, um, it's just good. Like, you just feel like there's no reason to be like a mean person in the world. And like, you can, if it's not a big deal to like, you, you don't have to do like go out of your way to do something. But like, if you can like, you know, pick up, if you've got, like, you see a poor mom holding a baby in two hands and she dropped, just pick it up for her. You yeah. Know, like, be a kind person. Not drop the baby, drop something else. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> right. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> drop, like, you know, I don't know, her wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just be nice. So this podcast is about how to become happier, but also how to become healthier. Have yeah. you had any, like, health struggles yeah. or anything like that. I actually, and to this day, like, I think it's really great to be open about it too, because I have struggled with anxiety my entire life. And that was like, Same girl. It, it's, it's still a huge struggle. Like, and I swear, like I was telling my mom the other day, like my anxiety with like flying has been getting worse lately for whatever mm. reason. Um, like, is it always around, like, how does it manifest usually? Well, so when I was a kid, it was school. I hated school. I hated going to school. It also, I think like it could have been like a separation thing for my mom as well. Um, cause I was like always like craving for my mom's attention. She had so many kids and I was just like, you know, I need like, hello. Um, I was always craving it. And so, but I, in school anxiety was my number one like issue as a kid. Like I had hated school through like even like as long as I can remember ever going to school I always hated it and not because like I had a lot of friends like in school like that wasn't the issue for me it was something with to do with like teachers leaving home someone else having authority of me like being told that whole thing um I just did not like it did you have panic attacks or was it more just like Probably, an underlying? I mean, like there were days when I was just like, I cannot go to school. And then like, I would have like fits. Like this was more when I was like a kid and I would have like literally like fits. And I don't think, I don't know if that was a panic attack or not, mm. but like it was bad. Like it, there was like my um, middle school and then my high school years. And finally in high school, I started to like, like I said, I took college courses and that was easier for me because I was able to go to those courses and like leave then like it was just like a quick like okay I'm gonna get in and get out um and I was also able I graduated high school a year early too mm, so, so you I, got out of 
high school I like together. ran through high school. Um, so school anxiety was really, really huge for me. And um, when I was in middle school, I was like, Mom, I want to be homeschooled. Like, I hate going to school. Like, this is miserable. Um, and I also felt like it was a very fake environment, too, with friends. Like, I had a lot of friends, but, like, did I didn't love to hang out with them outside of school. Like, I called them school friends. And they were there for, like, being in school. Um, and Just when did I, you feel like you couldn't fully be yourself? Yeah. Like, I was a kind of a different person with those guys than I was at home, which I don't know, like – was fine probably but I guess I just was I wasn't real comfortable with it maybe um but I just for whatever reason really hated it and I also something like looking back on it something with like the teachers too really got me like someone else almost having control of me at least that's the way I felt um and it was intimidating to me and I don't know I didn't like it um so the whole like just the whole school situation and in middle school, I was like, oh, I really want to be, like, homeschooled. Like, that'll solve everything. But, like, my mom was from a very traditional background. And it was actually, like, my grandparents were like, you can't homeschool her. Like, you don't homeschool people. Um, so she didn't. And it was just really hard for me. And um, finally, when we moved to Colorado and I was in high school, she was like, okay, maybe we can start looking into some alternative things. And then things started to, like okay, like this is better. And then really it wasn't until I got out of high school and I started the blog that I let go of a lot of that anxiety. So do you think that was just getting rid of the things that caused anxiety? Or do you think it was partially like finding your purpose? Uh, Both. I think it was getting rid of like the school aspect of things. And really like I always say like I took that energy that I focused all that anxiety on, like all that energy that came from anxiety, and I put it into the blog. Um, and I think that helped me so much because I just focused so hard on like building the blog, creating recipes, interacting with my followers and really like just putting my energy there, not thinking, not really thinking too much about like all the other aspects of things like where, what am I doing with this? Like, where's this going? And like, what if these people hate this recipe? Like I was just able I don't know why I was just able to redirect that energy and put it into something I knew that I loved doing. Like it gave me cooking um, was a creative release for me. Like I loved being creative with recipes in the kitchen. And then when I started to get into the photos, I loved that. And I was like, I'm having fun with this. I'm going to go with this. And I did. And I went with it and it thankfully worked really well. Um, But I've noticed as I've gotten busier with work and everything that some of that anxiety has definitely returned and it's kind of returned in the way of like, I am nervous now, like going into like, oh, how people will perceive me or how they'll perceive the recipes. Um, And like I just said, flying, like traveling, like I love to travel, but I hate the travel part. Like that gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, Going through airports, getting on, doing the airplane thing. Like I'm fine. Like I can do it, but like, I don't like it at all. And it definitely like the day Like you wouldn't have probably flown back to the U.S. in the middle of your Olympic I would not have done that. No. And even like flying I was totally fine flying to Korea maybe just because I was excited but like flying home oh and also I was with my entire family so I like wasn't nervous about it but flying home I flew home completely alone I'm like this is like an six it's like 16 or 18 hours it's and I'm like over the ocean I'm like my god this is like a long flight and I'm like all by myself and it actually was very miserable I have to say and I sat in like so those have you ever flown overseas like the planes are huge yeah 
And the rows are like of four people. And I was like in the middle seat. I had someone who was so sick, like coughing, like deep coughs up on one side of me. And then someone that was just, it was like a guy and he like took up the whole seat. I was like, oh man. So I was like, I was sitting up straight the whole time. I'm like, this is brutal. But I got through it. And I think what I'm learning now too, um, I've, I've, I, I have done therapy before. I haven't had success with it. I'll be completely honest. Like it's, it's very hard for me. Like my mom is totally my therapist. I'll just be like, mom, I need to talk to you. And that's great. Um, what do you find hard about the actual? I It's never been successful for me. I did it. And maybe because I was doing it more as when I was a teenager. Um, you just don't find they say stuff that's helpful. Yeah, like I've never connected with it. And um, maybe because like I am a little more of a private person. I say that, but then like, I don't know, I'm sitting here saying my whole life story. So some situations are easy for me to talk and some situations aren't. Um, but I've also gotten, as I've gotten older and really grown more, and I'm still doing it, like I'm only 24, like I swear with each year, like I grow more into my own skin and feeling more comfortable um, with just who I am as a person and like being okay with that. Um, and I really think that age and like with time, you do do that. Um, I'm more comfortable talking about things. So maybe if I did it now, it'd be more beneficial for me. I don't know. Um, but I just really learned to kind of like my mom's always told me like, don't like put it out of your head. Like whatever's making you stress or anxiety driven, like try to put it out of your head and focus on something else. And that does really help me. Um, but it's still something I struggle with. And like, there's a lot of things that pop up with work that, you know, because what I am doing is so centered around me and like really the way people are perceiving me essentially, um, it can be a little bit like, you know, anxiety driven or whatever. So um, I'm just kind of like trying to roll with the punches and roll through it a little bit, but just kind of like taking one day at a time is really big for me too. Is there anything that in like a moment of anxiety you'll do to sort of Help um, that help move through it. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because like I've never been a meditation person, but I do love just taking a couple of deep breaths. Like I find that really relaxing. Um, if it's like a really big moment of like, I will literally just pick up the phone and call my mom, like and be like, I just need to talk to you for like five minutes. Um, or and then if I have more time, like, and I think this is something that has also really helped me that I really I wasn't doing like when I was a kid that I do do now. Like I love getting outside and um, I go for a hike at home because I'm in the middle of the mountains but like any form of like just I'm not like a runner or an intense exerciser but like going for like a walk or whatever like getting outside is really helpful for me and like just fresh air like I will come back 30 minutes an hour later and have a whole new mindset mm -hmm. which I think um a lot of people like don't realize the benefit of that alone and I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so I have a few questions that I ask everybody. Okay, cool. We'll see how you do. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not a test. They're easy. Okay, so what is one big mistake you've made in your life, and what's something that you feel like you really got right? Oh, uh, God, a big mistake. Honestly, I haven't, like, I I've made mistakes and a lot of mistakes, especially like within business things, but I've learned from them is the thing. And I think that they've helped me grow as a person too. Like all of my mistakes, like even as a teenager, um, I think have really helped me grow and like I've taken those and learned from them. And I'm actually kind of appreciative of them. Is there one that really helped you grow that you could share? Um, let's see. 
Like, so, it, yeah, back when I first started blogging, like, and brands first started approaching me, um, there was, like, I worked with, and I won't say the brand just because there's still, like, a brand out there, but I worked with a brand that really wasn't on brand for me. Like, it was, like, they were, like, oh, we want to pay you money. And, like, I was, like, oh, my gosh, really? You want to pay me to do this? Like, okay, sure. Like, I'll do it. And um, I did it. And, like, my audience did not receive it well. And it was... Just because they because it wasn't yeah it wasn't a brand that I have worked with and or really would work with so I think like from that learning experience and ever since then I was like I was like oh my god I'm not working with a brand that like I don't fully support and would back um, and I think that was a, and I'm glad I learned it early on instead of like right now because I think it is really really important to only work with people that you genuinely are excited to be working with and are can genuinely back because your audience especially if you have a built-in audience that trusts you which I really feel that I have yeah they're gonna know right away like oh my gosh she totally is being paid off for that you know and I don't think that any amount of money is worth that and I think if you're really trying to grow your brand grow your business like you need to know what your brand is and what you stand for um because your audience will expect that from you. And I think it's just really important. So I learned that early on, which I'm very grateful for. Um, because I think that a lot of times people can be changed when they see a number like, oh. like Yeah. And I think that... And there's in, some big numbers out there when you have a big they're, audience. They're throwing some big numbers out there these days. And I think that when you have... Um, a brand that you're building, um, it can, and, and it can be really easy to like accept that. But in the long run of things, if you're looking to grow a long lasting brand, you want to be partnering with brands that you are essentially really behind because the bottom line is, is that it's the internet and people can go back and look at everything. Yeah. So, for like, all time. Your record is, it's going to be there for a while. So. so what's something you got really right? Um, I think something I got really right is being I've always approached like the blogging world as and my audience as friends. Um, I've wanted them to really connect with me on that level. Like when I am writing a blog post, I want the reader to feel like they are in the kitchen cooking with me. So I tell them where the inspiration come like whether it was a family member that gave me the recipe whether I was in LA and eating at a great restaurant like I got inspired from like went to kismet I think I'm saying it wrong is it kismet I get everything that said out loud wrong so yeah, I'm okay. not gonna like correct okay, well, you I'm a reader not a talker if you know me I can't even talk like I shouldn't have written a cookbook like my English language is horrible um but I try so, like, you know, I, I'll say where the inspirations come from. And I'll say if it was any crazy stories, like, if it took me five billion times to test it, like... You'll it, say all of it. I'll say all of it. Like, I want it to be conversational. I want people to leave me comments. I'll respond to your comments. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I have always been... I've seen bloggers where they're not responding to their Instagram comments and they're not responding to their blog comments. I'm like, well, that's your audience. Like, they're giving you their feedback. They're telling you how you feel about your content like you want to be interacting with them like if you're not if you're not like interacting with them and knowing what they're saying and kind of making them happy and be friends with them they might they're probably not going to stick around for a right. while come, come back or they might like stick around for a month but be like i'm i don't know like this is see you later like i don't know what this person's about right and i think in this day and age like everybody really wants to know who they're following and they want to know what they're all about so I think that's really important the interaction with your following 
and kind of giving them the time of day. Like they're gonna give they're gonna give you five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, to read your content or watch your content. Like give them a little bit of that back and say, hey, thanks for reading or whatever, you know? Yeah. Again, it just kind of goes back to like even what my mom taught me, just like being nice and kind to the people that, you know, you interact with. So. And seeing them, I think, as real people rather than they just are. Like, they're real people. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I think like also what like as bloggers or influencers like we're not celebrities like we shouldn't be treated like celebrities you know um and i think a lot of times like the a lot of influencers and bloggers have really created that they're really getting to like a celebrity status but i think it's important to remember your audience because that's what got you there so if you're not remembering your audience like and you're leaving them behind like it disconnects you from them and i think that that's what makes us almost better than a celebrity because we're relatable and we interact with our following. So you don't feel like that? I mean, when you look at the numbers of people who, (laughs) when you, you know, put yourself out on Instagram and then hundreds of thousands of people see it, what does that make you feel like? I don't, so I don't think about the numbers. Like I never, you never never have this moment where you're like, oh my God. I'm nervous. Okay, sorry. I won't bring it up. No, no, no. (laughs) I mean, I know what my numbers are, but like, I don't ever think of it that way. Like, I just kind of think of it as like the people walking down the street or whatever, like, um, I don't think about that at all. And um, no, and like, I think like you were asking like, Red, is he a different person? And it's like, no, just because like, we weren't brought up that way. Like we're just totally normal people. And also because we have this huge family that is like constantly bringing us back down to earth. Right. Like they're like, who do you think you are? Like, you're not like, you're not an Olympic yeah, gold medalist. Like, Red, <laughs> shut up. You know, like, Tegan, like, you're not that sweet. And, like, it's constant. They're constantly bringing us back down to that. Mm. Like, so that's a secret to have seven siblings and then you'll be normal forever. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, definitely very grateful for like my big family. And I, they are so much a part of like who I am today. So I love that I have that. I feel very grateful for that. So in the name of being healthier or happier, what do you think is the best way to spend 20 minutes every day? Talking to your family, for sure. I love talking to my family. Do you And you do it every day? I, I wouldn't say for 20 minutes. Like, um, I wouldn't. That, that 20 minutes is a long time. Um, but I definitely at least talk to one family member, whether via text, via phone call, once a day like I'm really lucky because I do work with my family a lot like my brother does all my video content I can't think of a day when I'm not texting with Kai or my mom which is so I that I'm lucky in that way though because like we're also working mm-hmm. um so yeah but talk talk to someone you love like 20 minutes a day I think like you can get caught up in your own thoughts a lot and it's like hear what somebody else has to say I think would be really great or take 20 minutes for yourself and like go for an afternoon stroll or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I think also, and I don't hurt, like I need to do more of that for sure. Like taking 20 minutes for myself or like, I'm like, go, 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 go. 24. Yeah. Seven. Do you feel like the work-life balance is hard for you? For sure. Like I won't sit here and be like, yeah, my work-life balance is great. It's not like I'm constantly working, but I will say like, it's a total choice because I love so much what I do and I am young. I'm 24 and I don't have a family like of my own right now. So it's, solely my focus um and I'm sure when that like starts to change for me it'll be a very hard transition but like at this point in my life 
my work is totally everything in it and I love it. Um, Do you want that someday? Like, yeah, someday in the future though. Like I'm just so focused. My mom got married when she was 18. She's been doing this since she's 18. So, you know, she got married when she was 18, totally different. She had 24, she had like four kids. So completely different life path. Yeah. Is um, there even good Tinder in your town? Like, is Tinder? It? No, it's horrible. <laughs> I live in- You get a, the same seven people as you swipe through. Yeah, I live in a ski town and like- I'm, they're all snowboard skiers, and I'm just like, I think I need someone a little bit. Different. Yeah, how are you going to meet somebody? I don't know. Maybe through work through L.A. or through something like that. Yeah. I am in L.A. like a lot. It seems like once or twice a month. So. Okay. So. Yeah. so it's not that bad. Um, Maybe a George Clooney type. like oh, hey, yeah. I would not decline. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever, you haven't traveled that much, but you've traveled around the U.S. Yeah. and to a few places in the yeah. world. Is there ever any place you've been that you feel like people really got it right in terms of living like a healthy, happy life? You know, I don't feel like to say that because I haven't been enough places. Um, I I love New York, but it's really fun and, and I feel like energetic and I feel like people here work a lot. So I feel like their work-life balance is, although New Yorkers really know how to like work really hard and have great fun though yeah. too. Like you guys know how to like do it right, I feel like. Um, so I don't know, but no, I haven't. Do you feel like life in your town is like idyllic? I feel like a lot of people have a lot more fun in my town than like work. So I feel like that the balance could be a little bit off there. Okay. But I think Colorado actually is a really great, my town specifically maybe because there's just like a lot of skiers and things like that. But um, I think Colorado, um, they actually do, like, people, their weekends are spent outside, and I think that's amazing. Like, spend spend as much time as you can outside and, like, really, like, I love, but I love that. That's my personality. Like, I just love being outside. Yeah. Um, they, I feel like most people do, even if they don't know they, they do. They don't know they do? Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, my grandma, for instance, she definitely was not an outdoor person. Like, she just, like, put me in a shopping mall, and I'm happy. So, yeah. like, that's great. That was her, though. So, to each their own. Um, I think, but I think Colorado, like, I love that they are, they, you know, work Monday through Friday, but, like, the weekends are, like, let's go have fun. Let's go skiing. Let's go hiking. Let's do yeah. this. Let's do that. And I love that. So, maybe they have a good balance. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish people would ask you about, but they never do? Um, man, um, I don't know. No, like I'm right now. Well, I guess sometimes I wish that people would like ask a little more about the business side of things. Cause I think that with blogging, like so many people are like, oh, it's so easy. Like you're just putting content up on Instagram and on, you know, your blog and you're just taking pretty pictures. I'm like, but there's so much more to it. Like there's an entire you know, like I spend days on end on my computer just doing the back end of things, whether that's like editing things on the actual blog, sending emails, like all kinds of like, I mean, there's finances involved in it. There's taxes. There's all kinds of things like real life things. It's not just like all the pretty stuff that you see on blog. What or, percentage is it like the boring back end stuff, would you say? I mean, it's totally 50-50, I want really? to say. Yeah, like okay. there's... I spend a lot of time on my content um, because it's so important to me and I, I'm a big believer in a quality content, but I'm also a big believer in quantity. Like a lot of people will say quality over quantity um, and I, I definitely go for that, quality over quantity, but I think quantity does mean something too. I think that the way that things are right now, people are just constantly wanting more and more and more, which 
is like a little bit sickening in a way, but it's just kind of the way the world is. Um, so I do think that the more content you put out, the better. But I just like I'm such a perfectionist that like I want my content to, to be great every single time. So I spend a lot of time on my content, but I also spend a lot of time promoting that content and, you know, um, finding new uh, brand collaborations and different things I can be doing with other influencers and like. Then there's, you know, the, the businessy side where you're like, okay, well, can I expense this? Like, you know, like there's that side of it too. Like it's just like any other business. What would you tell somebody who wanted to like make themselves a brand, whether it be like a food blogger, fitness, like any of that kind of stuff now at this point in time? Um, I would say that if you want to get into like this world of things, know your niche um, and really run with it. Like don't, don't go into it really trying to mimic what like somebody else is doing. Cause kind of, like I said earlier, like if somebody else is doing it, well, they're doing it and they're probably going to do it better than you're doing it or you could do it. I mean, yes. Like you want to go into the food blogging space. That's amazing. Be a great food blogger, but like, do you do your recipes, find out what's going to make your recipes unique, whether that's like, Oh, I'm going to create like all 30 minute recipes and whatever. Like I, I have a little bit of everything, but like a lot of people will say, well, like Tegan's recipes, there's something different about Tegan's recipes every single time you see them. Um, I think of you as like, it's the extra elements. Like yeah. instead of a syrup, it's like a chamomile syrup or something Exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And so like just find what is going to be unique about your brand and um, make sure you have that element because there is so much. It is saturated, um, but you can do it. Like everybody's unique in their own way. Just figure out what makes you unique and really run with it and know that it's going to be a lot of work, especially the first building years. Like you have to really be 100% into it to like to get into it. And like you have to have passion for it for sure, but you also have to have like you know, some of the smarts and stuff like, like to really drive the brand forward, I feel like too, you know? So it's, it's a mix of everything. It's a lot of work. If somebody was just going to like quit their job and they thought they were going to make a ton of money off of doing it. I wouldn't do that. Keep your day time, keep your daytime job. Um, that's the thing. You got to hustle, keep your daytime job, do the blog or the Instagram account, whatever it's going to be, do that on the side for however long you can until the blog is making the amount of money that you can pay your rent and pay your bills, then you quit the daytime job for sure. That's good advice. Well, thank you so much for yeah, joining oh, me. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Oh. I feel like I rambled on way too much. No, you were great. You were really <laughs> lovely. And it's fun to get to see the face behind the food. Yeah, and I always that. feel like it's fun to meet people in yeah, person. It's very fun to yeah. meet people in person. I think people love getting to, to hear from you personally yeah, like this. It was fun. Awesome. Thank you. How fun is she? Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Healthier Together podcast. As always, if you did like it, please, please, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the podcast and tell a friend about it. If you know somebody who you think would enjoy the content of this podcast, please share it. I would so appreciate it and have a wonderful, happier and healthier day. If you have dry skin, this is going to be your holy grail. I've loved, loved, loved the Osea Andaria Algae Body Butter for years. 
It is so rich and creamy and lush, but it sinks right into your skin and it makes your entire body feel moisturized and not greasy at all. I actually do not understand how it's so not greasy and yet so, so hydrating. As fall approaches, I'm leaning into mini spa energy, these micro relaxing moments you can insert throughout your day. Because peppering your day with tiny bits of calm can have huge impacts on overall cortisol levels, on your anxiety, even how you sleep at night, and the smell of the body butter. Holy cow, it is pure spa energy. You get that like laying on the massage table, melting energy. It is phenomenal. I've gone through at least four tubs of this personally, and that is saying something because it lasts a long ass time. A little bit goes a very long way. I also always keep extras on hand to give out as gifts. It uses ingredients that you would normally see in face care products like seaweed, ceramides, glycerin, which I am obsessed with for hydration and think is so underrated, amino acids, even a skin identical moisture complex. Also, here is a little tip. If you want to amp up its hydrating power even more, put it on damp skin right after the shower to really lock in all of that moisture and hydration. Like all Osea products, it's formulated with real seaweed to take advantage of its nutrient-rich benefits like deep moisturization. It's also vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Osea has actually been making seaweed-infused products that are safe for your skin and the planet for over 27 years. And I personally absolutely love how everything is ethically tested and sourced. For clean body care that gives you skincare level results, you've got to try Osea. And right now we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with promo code LizMoody at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $60 get free shipping. While you're there, get the body butter, of course, but I'm also obsessed with the Vegas Nerve Oil and Pillow Mist, both of which help so much with my anxiety. I love rubbing the oil on my hands and inhaling deeply before I meditate to make it feel more intentional and calming and grounding. You are going to want it all. Go to OSEAMalibu.com, promo code Liz Moody. 